Welcome to Innkeeper of Your Soul, a podcast for midlife women who are on a journey to know themselves better so they can live a life that reflects who they are. I'm your host, Siobhan Nash, a self-discovery coach, writer, and soul connection guide. I have been on a journey to know myself better for well over a decade. While it has often been a rewarding adventure, I know there are times when learning what's true for you and living those truths can make it a challenging and lonely path. I believe that none of us are meant to travel this road alone, so I'll be sharing stories, insights, and invitations from my own journey in hopes that it helps you to know yourself better and to make space for what matters, you. And while we all have different experiences on this journey, there are common threads that connect us and remind us that we're not alone. I'm so glad to be on this journey with you. Let's begin. Hello, and welcome to episode four of Innkeeper of Your Soul. I'm so glad you're here. I've been talking this season about belonging and sharing my personal challenges with belonging, including how I have lost myself when I forget where that place of belonging is within me. Today, I want to share with you the events that led me to losing myself because that abandonment didn't happen overnight, but incrementally over a number of years. Here's what losing myself looked like for me. In my late 20s, I was newly married with a new home and a new dog and working as an editor for a weekly magazine when my mom had a major stroke. At the time, my dad was already in declining health. When I wasn't working to meet a deadline at my job, working on the house with my husband, doing laundry, getting groceries, cooking, helping care for our young rescue dog, and keeping up with social commitments, I was driving 25 miles or more many evenings after work as well as on weekends to visit my mom in whatever hospital, skilled nursing, or acute care facility she was in. I was also trying to help my dad manage things at home and making sure he was cared for and or caring for himself. Ten months after my mom's stroke, my dad passed away. Then the focus of my activities changed from maintenance, making sure my parents were cared for and okay, to management. This included moving my mom to my sister's house 120 miles away, sorting through, packing up, and cleaning out my parents' home of 30-plus years and selling it to free up funds to support my mom, settling my father's side of the estate, which had some complications, and setting up a trust and other legal paperwork for my mom to avoid a situation similar to my dad's in the future. Oh yeah, and there was still my job, my marriage, the house, and the dog. Through it all, I just kept my head down and focused on getting through the day, making sure everything and everyone was taken care of. Everyone, that is, except me. It's no surprise I suffered a PTSD episode that landed me in therapy for a while. The therapy was helpful in resolving the acute issue that resulted from the PTSD. However, I didn't spend the time I needed in working through the loss, grief, and overwhelm of the previous couple of years. Life was busy, and so I continued to barrel forward in an effort to keep up with it all. This included promotions at work that meant more responsibilities, direct reports, and expectations, adding a second dog to our pack, managing a significant home remodel, supporting my then-husband in starting his own company, which was later acquired and required him to work out of state three weeks a month, leaving my editorial career to start a cheesecake business, moving from our Bay Area home to a small rural town further north in California, managing a modest remodel of that new home, my mom passing away and settling her estate, going to pastry school, considering a cross-country move related to the acquisition of my ex-husband's company, 
my closest friend in my new hometown suddenly passing away, cooking at a duck club and later working as a pastry chef at a fine dining restaurant while still running the cheesecake business, supporting said husband in a significant job change, which required a lot of travel and time spent away from home, buying a 10-acre parcel of land and establishing part of it as an orchard while also building a brand new home, and finally adding a puppy. That's three dogs in case you lost count. All of this and more happened in the 10 years after my dad passed away. Make no mistake, none of these things happened without my consent. Well, almost none of them. I made my choices along the way, sometimes by not making a choice and just allowing myself to be pulled along by the tide of life at the time. It wasn't until after the new house was built that the frenetic pace of life as I had been living it slowed down. Settled in and alone a lot of the time, I found myself with something I was unaccustomed to and completely unprepared for. Space. In the quiet, without all the other distractions, I began to become aware of something. I realized I was desperately unhappy. By all appearances, I had created a great life. As it turned out, though, it wasn't a life I loved. A life that reflected me. I had created a life based on someone else's vision and desires. Regardless of the choices I had made or hadn't made along the way, I had forgotten one important thing, perhaps the most important thing. I matter. Who I am, what I believe, and what is important to me mattered. When I lost myself, I forgot that I was worthy of what I wanted. I had made many of my choices based on what I knew or assumed others wanted. I often mistook what someone else thought was important as being important to me. I had put my needs, wants, desires, and dreams on the back burner to fit into the life I thought I should have. And then I found myself in a life I didn't love with little sense of who I was or what I wanted for myself. There's a wonderful quote by Hiro Boga in which she says, You return to belonging by trusting your own desires, by choosing your own way of being, crafting your own complex, creative, uniquely unfolding story. That's what I needed to do. I needed to learn to trust my desires and to choose my own way of being. Having veered so far off course and so far away from my true self, though, I was at a loss as to how to do that. Breaking a decades-long habit of looking outside myself for belonging turned out to be a hard pattern to break. Here's the truth I eventually learned that made all the difference. Belonging is an inside job. I started paying attention to the nudges from my soul to turn inward. When I did that, I started doing something just for me. I started journaling. Although I've been a writer most of my life, journaling wasn't something I had ever taken to except for a brief stint keeping a diary as a young girl. All my writing until then had been for others, my professors, the magazine subscribers, and the cheesecake customers. Journaling helped me tend the unhappy and desperate parts within me. It helped me remember who I was and wasn't, and what I did and didn't want for myself, little bit by little bit. Writing in this way helped me connect with my soul and my inner wisdom. And after so many years of being in the dark, I began to see the light of who I was. Journaling helped me get back on track. I found joy in writing, and it was a joy that belonged only to me. It wasn't something I was doing for anyone else. The practice of remembering yourself can be any activity that offers space for reflection and connects you to your soul. That's where your wisdom and deep knowing lie. And that is the path to your true self. For me, it was journaling. 
For you, it may be creating art on your iPad or painting rocks, yoga or meditation, trail running or lap swimming, or simply sitting in nature. Anything that gets you out of your head and into your body and heart and creates movement from the inside rather than reacting or responding to what's outside of you. If you notice yourself feeling discontented, like you've been putting yourself on the back burner, here are a couple of questions to help you tend the space within. Where in your life are you forgetting that you matter and making decisions that reflect someone else's wants, needs, or desires? And what could you do that would help you connect with your inner wisdom and make decisions that reflect who you are and what you want for you? I'll ask those again. Where in your life are you forgetting that you matter and making decisions that reflect someone else's wants, needs, or desires? And what could you do that would help you connect with your inner wisdom and make decisions that reflect who you are and what you want for you? I hope these questions help uncover a new truth for you or rediscover a long forgotten truth. Until next time, I wish you peace and grace. Thank you for listening to this episode of Innkeeper of Your Soul. I hope the stories, insights, and invitations I've shared here help you on the journey to know yourself better. If you love this episode and feel so inclined, I would love it if you shared it on your social media. Also, please consider leaving a rating and review so others can find the podcast. I'd be so grateful. If you're interested in learning more about me and my work, including my Allowing Prayers card deck, please visit my website at www.innkeeperofyoursoul.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram. I've included links to everywhere I am online in the show notes. Thank you again for joining me on this journey. Until next time.
I had made many of my choices based on what I knew or assumed others wanted. I had put my needs, wants, desires, and dreams on the back burner to fit into the life I thought I should have. And then I found myself in a life I didn't love with little sense of who I was or what I wanted for myself. I needed to learn to trust my desires and to choose my own way of being. Here's the truth I eventually learned that made all the difference. Belonging is an inside job.